This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yuggies get to play. yo ho Is the one in charge, don't give him any lip Cause he can make you walk the plank and kick you off the ship The chief stew keeps the crew in line no matter what they think And if they do not fall in line, they'll wind up in the drink yo yo We're heading up the gangplank and going down below Bravo! Hey gang, welcome to the maiden voyage of the gangplank report I'm Jen Bennington, the super fan half of the duo, and I am here with Adrian Gang, original Chief Stew on Below Deck Season 1, and current Yacht Chef. Hey, Adrian. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. So what did you think? Let's just dive right into this episode. You know, I feel like a majority of the episode was consumed by the galley drama. I agree. Um, it's definitely kitchen karma coming back to bite our C word and B word. Right. From last season. I like to call it Kiko karma. And I love Kiko karma. <laughs> that is perfect because he needed vindication. And um, my friends and I talk a lot about, I'm not a vengeance person because karma does the job so much better than me. And really nothing we could have done to the C word or the B word really would have mattered to them because they don't care about our opinions, whatever. And by sitting back and watching Karma do her job, it was just gorgeous. And yay for Kiko. I think so too. So, I mean, you know, going through and kind of digesting what happened here, you know, we see a little bit of an introduction of the crew, the new crew at the beginning, and we'll get to that later, our first impressions of them, at least um, a little bit later, but you know, right off the bat, we see the this massive truck show up with all of these provisions on it. And I'm not saying for a first season or for the beginning of the season that you don't want to have a lot in stock. It just seemed like it was a little bit excessive. And even the C word commented that it was a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that that was a red flag. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Everybody likes to be prepared the chef especially has to be prepared. So I'm sure he's looking at this going, geez, I don't know what these people are going to want. They might change their minds. I need to make sure that I have everything that I need on board. Mm -hmm. And that's probably where his mind was, I'm guessing. Um, It does seem like overkill, but again, I don't know what he was told and I don't know what he thinks he's in for. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But well, I had a question for you right off the bat as I was watching it and I took, I took notes of what I could ask you. I was going to ask you, is it normal for you as a yacht chef that your first voyage, you know, of a charter season, do you tend to get more provisions on that one or not? 
Absolutely. And that's okay. because you don't know what kind of spices or oils or okay. uh, you don't know what all's on board or how long it's been there too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get on boats and things are expired and I have to throw them away and start over. So in order to have a good baseline that you can use, especially like I said, spices and oils and vinegars and all that kind of stuff, you do overbuy at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So okay. that you have what you need for the rest of the trip. And you can always buy more once you run out, but usually you have your go-tos that you buy for every trip, you know? Okay. So yeah, I, yes, you do buy more at the beginning. Okay. So they're unloading all of this chaos. Have you seen a boat set up like this before with all of those spiral staircase things where the kitchen's kind of divided I have seen some setups like that. That one is, is unique to my eye because I have not worked on one of those, those, that particular brand of boat before, Okay, but it is kind of different. And I agreed. I want to say maybe it was, was it Courtney that said that it reminded her of the Titanic? Yes, it was. <laughs> that it was, I mean, it does look a little bit like it's over the top and kind of more of a classical style, more than a like sleek European interior. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it looks interesting at least on camera yeah well at least the bathroom was white marble and not that gaudy gold spirally marble that made me happy for a change <laughs> <laughs> jumping back into the galley drama um you know we see him trucking we see the chef trucking all of these provisions up and down the stairs and eventually that leads him to blow out his knee somehow and we don't really know what that all entails yet but it doesn't seem like it's good and I I'm sure his nerves were getting the best of him I remember mm -hmm. my first day of filming and being really nervous and he's not sleeping you know it looks like he lost sleep the night before and now all of a sudden he's got a birthday party uh bachelor and bachelorette party bachelor and a and wedding party and a wedding all in one shot and like usually they spread those out over individual trips not all three in the same thing exactly but, that's a lot of pressure, especially food wise. You know, we know how much traditionally the, the um, chefs on Below Deck love making wedding cakes and birthday cakes. <laughs> so we know yeah. we're in trouble already, but you know, it just seems like he, although I understand where he was coming from, where he was like, this is just not going to be the same. It's not going to be good. This isn't, I, I can't do this. I feel like the defeatism of saying I can't right. do this straight out of the gate before you even give it a try just seems especially for somebody that's as high level as he is with his experience seems very defeatist and it kind of surprised me what do you think I thought it had shades of Tom to it um mm -hmm. because it's that same thing where you can be very talented and be confident in your talent but if you know you're set up for failure Tom kind of had a hissy you know, in the same way had a hissy fit because he knew it was going to look poorly. And, and these people are chefs before and after the show, much like you were. And you do want to consider your reputation a little bit, I think. And while he has Hugh Jackman, you know, on his list and Rupert Murdoch, Robert Kraft and other notable celebrities, it, it would be kind of... If people saw it with their own eyes, saw you do a horrible job and a whole table full of people say this is crap, you know, I, I think he might have been weighing that part of it a little too much. I, I don't disagree with you. At the same time, is it going to look 
worse for him to have one bad meal out of dozens on this trip like maybe the first one out of the gate because you're injured and you're sleep deprived isn't the best one but then you have how many opportunities to redeem yourself versus just quitting before you even start yeah so which one is going to reflect better on you long term is my question right and I think once he gets the MRI and finds out that he didn't do any major damage and realizes his emotions just took over I think that's probably who we're gonna see you know the guy who's like shake it off move on and prove yourself again because he really did even in his absence his meal spoke for itself as far as the guests were concerned they thought it was great right for the lunch and here's here's this other thing you know we went through this last og season is the crew going to trust him to finish out the season without like handling him with kid gloves because they're worried this is an injury it's different than just saying screw off i'm walking off the boat but right you know what i mean it'll be interesting to see how it plays out um and then we'll segue into the guests here Mm -hmm. you know the way that these guests so he leaves, he goes, he stays at the dock, goes to get the MRI. And then the crew, I mean, that meeting that they had where the C word was saying, Hey, everybody's got to pitch in. We have to make dinner because we don't have a chef. The, mm-hmm. the candid looks on their faces were just insanity. Right. You know, I can't imagine those kids didn't sign up for that. Like none of them have formal training. Nobody's prepared for that. I appreciate David stepping up and saying, okay, well, I'll do that. And I'll try the lobsters and then come full circle with the Kiko karma. Again, the C word goes ahead and tells David to Google how to kill the lobsters. I like, know. I love that part so much. You have no idea. <laughs> I, all I could think of was, oh, I thought you weren't supposed to Google, you know, and it was just like every little thing was ticking off the list, like needing to Google not knowing how to prepare things, not having the right people, you know, all of these things. And then the food turning out horribly. Like if you flash back to the Las Vegas meal with Kiko, yes, they said it didn't look great. They said it looked like a kid's birthday party, but no one complained about the taste at all. And there were people physically getting up to get sick, you know, to go back to their cabins with this meal. So it's just nice, you know, and it's schadenfreude, I know, and we're supposed to be keeping it positive, but I have to say this made it positive for me because it made me feel like, okay, we're getting some vindication out of the way early. So maybe we can just enjoy the rest of this season, you know, and leave that behind us. Well, and you made an observation about the C word kind of saying that she realized that last season was not a good season Mm -hmm. she said she had regrets I mean that's the closest I've heard her come to an apology and it's more than what we heard from the b-word so far you know I'm not saying editing couldn't have played a role in that but you know at least she admitted that she had regrets and that she somewhat considered not going back at all but it's not in her nature when she wanted to come back and lead a team so at least th- there was something. She gave me something where the B word's given me nothing yet, but a headache. Not, not shocked. Yeah. But, you know, going back to these guests, they obviously come on this boat. They've 
more than likely seen previous seasons. So they have expectations of what this is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing that happens is that the C word stops them in the middle of their boat tour and says, by the way, we don't have a chef. Mm -hmm. We're just going to have to wing it. And I can't, I mean, I'd love to get your opinion on this. Um, I thought it was stupid for her. I'm the kind of person who I try not to lower your expectations ahead of time. You know, I'd rather if I did something wrong or I felt underprepared, I'd rather wait and see if you even notice it before I say anything. And he had already prepared the lunch and she didn't know how long the MRI was going to take. So if the MRI took a while, she could explain it afterwards and say, look, our chef isn't back. He injured himself. But to let them know, because even at lunch, they were saying, okay, this is going to be our last good meal on this trip when they're eating lunch. And so they've got it in their head that they're going to hate it anyway, no matter if they had done well or not. I'm not saying they did well. It didn't look good at all. I agree with you there. I think you're setting yourself up for a minute amount of failure, if Mm -hmm. not massive. And I feel like that could have been a conversation that had later because that's their first impression of the boat, right? You're walking on, you're touring this beautiful boat, meeting the new crew, and then you get hit with disappointment right off the bat. So I agree with you. I feel like it could have been handled a little bit differently Mm -hmm. later on in the day, or maybe when dinner is presented, say, you know, we had a little bit of an issue with our chef. And so, you know, this is the entire crew pitching in to make this happen for you guys. We apologize if it's not to the level that you expected, but we fully intend to fix this going forward. You know, something along those lines that sounded a little bit more encouraging than, right. hey, this is going to suck. Or at least catch the vibe of them first. You know, find out who they are as people because she's basically saying this on a handshake. You can get to know what type of guests they are, or we can as viewers anyway, within a few minutes. The eight espresso martinis kind of gave us a hint of what we were in for. And had she waited a little bit, I don't, maybe she's a rip the bandaid off type person, which I normally am, but I'm also not going to throw my crew under the bus, which is basically, I think what she did. I think she thought she was helping them, but I didn't think it was helpful. I agree. As far as first impressions for the crew, uh, tell me who you think was a standout from the get-go. I like Katie already. She's got big shoes to fill. She's coming in for Hannah. I'm not counting Bugsy. And she's got a good attitude. She seems to have a lot of experience behind her. She's kind of no nonsense. She doesn't like tacky, which I like. Um, (laughs) And I... I really enjoyed the association of her with Jack. That kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I about that. Yeah. So I thought that was cute, but I like her a lot. What did you think of her? I think so, too. I think she's going to be great. She's kind of giving me Daisy vibes without, without the Irish accent. Agreed. I feel like she knows her stuff. I feel like she is already starting off or trying to on the right foot with her interior And, you know, we can't get a gauge of her relationship so far with the chef because we don't have one really, but that's also another critical relationship that we always look out for. So I I agree with you. I think Katie was great. I want to say my standout on this episode was Lloyd. Oh, that's a good one. 
he just seems like a goofy guy. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love that he laughs at himself and he seems like he gets along with everybody. Both he and Z seem really charismatic. We didn't see as much of Z in this episode as I thought we would, but you know, between the two of them, I think they're going to bring a lot of levity to the season. And I'm excited about that. I am too, because that's what I'm looking for. We're here to be entertained. And after a dark year, I want light. And Lloyd seems like he's going to bring light. And so does Z. Z just constantly having the wrong shirt on and hitting his head on (laughs) whatever that beam was. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I like the comic relief. And continuing to call himself an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, at least, like I said, at least they know how to laugh at themselves and I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, What about who was the, uh, your low on this, this episode? Um, so far it's Lexi. I don't have enough of a vibe off Courtney. I'll, I'll say that, but she seemed a little contentious already with Katie and I didn't get that. It was kind of early on. I don't know if you saw them, they were fighting over decorations and Katie don't, told her to do something and Lexi was just like no we don't need to do that and it's just like this is your first day of charter with your boss you think you would want to try to appease them at least until you get into a rhythm you know what it very much reminded me of it Hmm. kind of brought me back to my first couple days with Sam my season where she immediately I remember standing there talking to her and saying do you know how to pour the champagne and I wasn't being critical of her I was asking her because I wanted to make sure she did it properly right and instead of her saying well this is how I do it show me how you do it she goes yeah 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 I know I already know I I got this Mm -hmm. and I was just like all right well this isn't gonna go well you know immediately I got a weird vibe from her and it seemed like that's the same vibe that Lexi is giving off. So maybe it's just me projecting a little bit, but it, it very much felt that way to me. I don't know if it's you projecting. There there was a similar champagne association that she made in a confessional moment where she said, I much preferred being served the champagne than serving it. And it was just like, well, then you're in the entirely wrong industry. I don't know. I When people come up with things like that, it always puts me on my heels a little bit because I'm like, okay, why are you even in this job? Right. We'll have to see. You know, the weird part about it is I didn't, even when they came out with the new cast, I didn't pick up on it right away because I just wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't put two and two together, but I have met Lexi. I met her a long time ago because Mm. she was dating a captain buddy of mine. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with her and to get his perspective on it eventually, because I messaged him after I saw that that's who it was. And I was like, did you know that she was on this show? Cause I met her with you years ago, didn't I? And he goes, uh, yeah, she didn't tell me I'm calling her right now. Juicy. Oh, this is going to be fun. What yeah, a fun it'll season. Be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So, I mean, I'm excited to see. I feel badly for this brand new crew that they started out kind of with a bad taste with the guests and the dinner being a fail and all the rest of that. But I guess we'll see how the rest of it pans out next week. Yeah. But real quick, because this is the first episode, we haven't had time to set up for fan questions. So I'm going to step in as the fan and ask you a question real quick. Sure. Okay. So Sandy called a neighboring ship and asked um, to borrow their sous chef. And Dushka came over and 
when they said, are you the sous chef? She immediately corrected them and said she's the assistant chef. What does that mean in your industry? So a sous chef is somebody who has some sort of formal training for the most part. Okay. That doesn't mean that you can't start without it, you know, can't get to that position and not have formal training because you can, right. but for the most part, somebody who carries a sous chef title has some kind of training behind them and is in the process of working their way up to head chef or sole chef or whatever it is okay. uh, for her to make that distinction right off the bat tells me that she's used to following direction, not leading. And so her entire job is to just follow the direction of whoever the chef is that's in charge. And with no chief in the kitchen, you know, sometimes it's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. This time there's no Indians, right. you know, or there's no, there's no chief, there's no chief. Yeah. There's no chief. So, I mean, that's immediately that set the tone for me that she was going to be there just to do whatever they asked her to do, not to take the reins and do it herself, even if she has the experience to do it. And as it played out, we saw that she didn't have the experience. She had never cooked lobster before. How do you spend that much time in the Mediterranean and never cook lobster? Right. And even when it came, she said she can do meat. And when it came to the meat, she didn't even have any like oil in the pan. Um, no, no sauce, no anything. So yeah, that was a little alarming. Well, from going forward, um, let's talk about how people can submit fan questions. Absolutely. So there's a couple different ways that we can do that. You can submit them to us on our Gangplank Report Twitter account. We also have gangplankreport at gmail.com. And uh, there's always voice memos that you can leave us. So mm -hmm. we can include them in our, in our podcasts. Right. And we also have an Instagram account now, which is also Gangplank Report. So I'm very excited that we have all those avenues for people to reach out to us. Please follow us on social media. Mm -hmm. We'll be posting updates and little tidbits throughout the week. And obviously all of our links for our podcasts. Absolutely. We've already done an interview that will be airing at the end of the week with us. I, I won't give it away, but we have a super fan interview. <laughs> coming up in our bonus episode this week. So we really do want to engage. So please feel free, send us questions. Absolutely. We very much appreciate you guys joining us this week. We look forward to next week and also our super fan fans interview mm -hmm. coming out this week. So uh, please have a, a safe week and we will see you guys next week. Bye guys. Special thanks to our friends who help us create Gameplay Report. Down Under Original Music and Lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off me, Artie's.